Good day, everybody who listens to Future Primitive. I'm sitting here with Greg Marley. Greg Marley is a discoverer of wild mushrooms, and he speaks about enhancing our lives on this small planet. And uh, Greg has written two books published by Chelsea Green. So we're going to just spend a few minutes celebrating the great mushrooms in our world with mycologist and author Greg Marley. Tell us about your passion, Greg. And my passion developed at an early age. Um, I've had many hobbies and many interests, most of which have waxed and waned over time, and mushrooms have endured from the time I was uh, 15 and first visited the eastern deciduous forests, uh, having grown up in the deserts of New Mexico. Um, and I spent a summer there, the, the summer I turned 16, on the, along the Hudson River Valley. And among other things, the mushrooms just grabbed me. Um, I've always sought connection and solace in nature. Um, and I was just fascinated by the colors, the beauty, the variety, the forms of the mushrooms. And I was back in that region two years later, and I bought my first mushroom field guide. Um, and just kept going. Never turned back. Is that why you moved from New Mexico to the East Coast? Um, probably. Mm-hmm. I... I was back working along the East Coast um, from New Orleans. Um, I was back in New York in 1980 and um, traveled through the Northeast and up into Nova Scotia with a friend and talked each other into moving to Maine because it was a September, it was, leaves were changing, it was a beautiful time um, and settled here in, November, in 1981. And certainly the mushrooms here that's a rich, rich mycoflora. Um, and my family tried to lure me back into New Mexico uh, in Arizona uh, some years ago. And one of the things that held me back was the mushrooms. So what are the conditions that allow mushrooms to grow? Mushrooms, A, you know, you've got to have water, but the variety of mushrooms it would be directly related to the the variety, the diversity of the forest trees. Because there are some mushrooms that are primary rotters, they're saprobes, and they, they recycle dead plant material um, in nutrient recycling. But a lot of them grow in symbiosis with trees and other plants. And some of them are specific to certain species of trees or certain forests and so if you want to find a rich abundance of species, you go to a rich, diverse forest. Um, and so say, for instance, you would like to find the boletus, mm-hmm. bole. Yeah. Uh, what tree would you look for? Well, different, there's, you know, there's a number of species of boletus. Uh, and so if I was interested in the group that comprised maybe Bolita sedulis, the Steinpilz or Porcini or Sep. Yes. Um, in my region, um, some of them grow really well in spruce forests, and I, I have some forests at that time of year that I, I tend to wander through for those. Others really love um, oaks and birch. Um, 
So you, you learn over time, you develop a, an awareness and a, um, intimacy with the trees and the mushrooms that grow with them. Um, and, and that's the important piece of it. Part of it is, is an awareness and an observation and staying in tune. So I really think probably in, in a former life I was a druid who worshipped oak trees because okay. of the, my connection with that oh. and the really mushrooms that grow with oaks and beeches is, is strong. Yeah, That's very interesting. So uh, do you fish? Somewhat. Well, I just, you know, what came to mind was um, what, how, what does it feel like to um, gather mushrooms and then go home and eat them? Well, the, what's the intimacy? Yeah, there is, you know, the, the Russians, and I write about this in in Chanterelle Dreams, Amanita Nightmares. The, there is that relationship between hunting, mm-hmm. you know, the the true hunting, as the Russians call it, and the quiet hunt, as they refer to mushrooming, because it's that sense of you know the awareness of nature, knowing the patterns that you want to follow to find the mushrooms you're seeking, unless you're just out exploring. Um, there's so that the hunt, the intensity, the awareness, and the the joy and you know energy of discovery, um, which is so similar. And then you, you take your game back and you clean it, yes. and you put it in the pan, and you have this connection with nature, with the with the hunt, and that's reimbibed through the food. Uh, so it is it's quite wonderful, yeah. And that deep satisfaction of provisioning. Provisioning, yeah, exactly. And do you think your sense of smell, uh, that you have a palette of smell? Oh uh, yes, oh yes. Talk about that walking through the forest and using your. Well, for me, you know, smelling mushrooms is almost it's it's a it's a natural involuntary thing. I never realized how ingrained it is until my son, when he was about 18 months old, we would go out walking and looking at mushrooms, and he would pick them up, and he would bring them to the nose, to his nose, and I'd hear this, <laughs> as he was smelling them. And it was, you know, noisy. I said, what are you doing? And he was copying what he watched his father do. Wow. I pick a mushroom, I smell it. And for some mushrooms, the smell is so distinctive, like the black trumpet. And to me, they smell like a, a, a basket of shaved chocolate. And chanterelles, the, the aroma of fresh apricots, so strong. Um, and the black trumpets, sometimes you can smell them before you find them in the woods. Yeah. Um, it's, it's such a powerful thing, yeah. Yeah. There's so many ways of connecting with them. So in, in actual fact, when you speak about intimacy with the mushroom, uh, it's a sensual relationship. It's sensual. It's it's so many ways, you know. And I've tried to explain this to people who don't embrace mushrooms. It's it's a, it's a spiritual connection. It's it's sensual in the visual, in the olfactory, um, in in the the awareness of the moisture uh, in the forest. Um, it's an intellectual pursuit of understanding and exploration. It's so many levels, and which is in part why it's held me for so long. Um, it just feeds so many parts of my body and soul. Yeah. Talk about, uh, elaborate a little more on the fact that it's a spiritual relationship. Well, from an early age, I, I've always sought um, solace, reconnection in nature. And that has been translated for me in my life on so many levels to the mushrooms. 
you know, I teach about mushrooms. I guide people through the woods about mushrooms. So I'm with people in the woods, but then I need to go out alone. Um, I have people call me saying, you know, Greg, I'd really like to hang out with you and, and kind of learn from you about mushrooms. So do you mind if I go with you? And I invariably say no, mm-hmm. unless it's I'm doing something public, because that's my time. That's right. my reconnection with myself. Right. Um, right. And I do... I work as a clinical social worker doing suicide prevention, suicide awareness trainings, uh, assessment, and uh, it's hard work. And to me, the mushroom work I do balances that, um, helps me stay sane. Uh, right. So you share your solitude with mushrooms? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. They don't talk back. <laughs> That's right. At least not too noisily. Well, sensuality is a form of talking back. Mm. Talk to us a little bit about the medicinal properties that you have found in mushrooms. Well, you know, way back in the in the eighties, um, I started reading about medicinal mushrooms um, just as part of my exploration. And in the uh, early nineties, a friend of mine, a coworker, was diagnosed with cancer, and I wanted to do something. Um, and I started making up a broth of medicinal mushrooms and uh, other herbs and uh, spices, just just as a, something that she could drink every week um, that made me feel better and hopefully added to her health um, in her other treatments. And that kind of propelled me to do more serious research, um, really looking around the studies done across the world, because most of them have not been done in this country. We're so far behind. Um, and in that, um, it was very clear that there were some medicinal books written for the West Coast and kind of broadly, but nothing for the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first book, which actually was published by Down East Books, Mushrooms for Health, is in part a guide to help people identify, recognize, collect wild mushrooms that are medicinal, and then to have the, the background, the knowledge, the review of the research, and how to use them and how to prepare them. Um, because it's they're so easy to use as a way to promote good health, whether you're struggling with any illness or not, just as a preventative, just to integrate them in as a, as a healthy, functional food. For many of them, they're great edible mushrooms in addition to the medicinal characteristics, like the, the, hen, of the, or the hen of the Woods called Mayataki by the Japanese, which stands for dancing mushroom. Um, and dancing, uh, it's the, the joy that you find when you find it, you know, that part of that hunt. Yeah. 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 Uh, what do you think and feel about the psilocybin, psilocybin containing mushrooms? Well, you know, there, there's such controversy around them. Um, back in the 50s and uh, early 60s, there was so much promising clinical research um, that was tainted by the publicity around the pop culture uh, of uses of uh, hallucinogens. And to equate psilocybin mushrooms with LSD is its kind of like equating um, a small wind generation electrical system at a home to a coal fire generating. It's, it's dimensions across uh, that just don't mix. So there's, there's wonderful recent research about the use of psilocybin um, as a way of expanding the mind, connecting with a, uh, something beyond yourself, increasing the sense of mysticism. And now for treatment of anxiety and depression, 
I think they have great promise. Um, used responsibly in the right setting with with awareness. Um, they're they're wonderful. Yeah. Yes, I suppose one could say about life that used with responsibility and awareness. Yeah, and that's so true. I mean, how do we approach it? Do we blindly rush in without thinking about it, without considering how you use them, um, or do you do it consciously? I think this whole movement is about consciousness, uh, which is what the Marian Institute is seeking to engender. Yeah. So um, you've gone out a lot in the woods, and you've sought out the intimacy between the tree Mm. and the mushroom. What do you think consciousness is? Hmm. I think it goes beyond mushrooms, but it's... it's. Um, I think it's being willing to slow yourself down and listen. And for me, you know, that is what I get in the woods. It's, it's a time where I stop the clock and am in tune with something deeper in me and for me it's it's within me and within within nature it's it's that connection between myself and something greater than myself i mean that to me that's that's the religion that i i i seek and practice um call it mother nature i don't know right yeah okay one more question how about the relationship between trees and mushrooms would you speak about that <laughs> I could, we could talk all day on that one for me there that intimacy you know there are so many mushrooms that grow symbiotically with the trees you know they're their mycelium the network of their vegetative growth is in the soil connecting with the trees and between trees um and a lot of it is an awareness building that I have, you know, through observation over years, through reading about if I'm interested in collecting chanterelles or black trumpets or porcini, um, to know what trees they are intimate with and to know when they're likely to fruit. And that deepening awareness, the consciousness of, of what's going on in the forest. And I write a lot about that in Chanterelle Dreams, that, that awareness of the interrelationships you know, the mushrooms to their environment, the mushrooms to the animals in that environment, and the, the broad cycle between them all. And man interjecting himself and herself in the middle of that, yeah. So go out and get Greg Marley's book. You can get it from Chelsea Green Publishing. So Greg, what would you like to say in closing? And go out into the woods. Go out and play with mushrooms. Um, and play with them and learn them and become intimate with them before you ever feel a need to eat them. You know, Because part of it is driven by our bellies and if, if we're pursuing them for food. But part of them is, is feeding our soul. And that's, that's the richness. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me here. Future Primitive is made possible by the Marion Institute. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider supporting our work by making a tax-deductible contribution online at futureprimitive.org.